Welcome to Walking with the Boys, the show where we get our daily exercise and speak our mind. We upload every Monday, so please enjoy. Uh, so, being a digital nomad. Yeah. So, for uh, folks that aren't familiar with what that is, a digital nomad is a person who has either a 100% remote job where they can work uh, from anywhere, there's no requirement for them, like, being in the office ever or anything, uh, or somebody who is a, like, a freelancer who does like blogging or digital work of some sort where they don't actually need to be in a physical location. Yep. Usually also get sent something. So uh, any kind of writing, proofreading, ad, um, advertisements, all that kind of stuff. Uh, like if you're not, unless you have to physically be somewhere to create whatever it is you're creating, you can do stuff kind of remotely. And then the goal of, of all that is to spend weeks or months or however long in other countries, other states, other locations, and then just working whenever you want, you know, whenever you, you ha- or if you have to, you have like a, a regular job or if you're a freelancer, just kind of doing whatever. And the reason we bring that up is because we are thinking about doing that. Right. So I've been looking into it, uh, and it makes sense because like just from the uh, pros and cons of it, like looking at it, like a pro, it's uh, if you're living somewhere else or you are remote, uh, transportation doesn't really become much of an issue because you're not yeah. going back and forth to work, whether you take your own car, Depending public, on where you stay, yeah. right, public transit, whatever. Uh, so transportation is, the, is a much lower cost, right? Yeah, no car insurance, no gas, no vehicle upkeep. Right. No so registration. Your, yeah, so your vehicle lasts longer in terms of like going between like maintenance and stuff like that, so you don't have to worry about that as often. Uh, your car insurance is non-existent because if you're not driving the car, you can suspend. You don't have to have it. Yep. Um, and hell, you can even if you're planning on being out of the country for more than like a year, you don't even have to register your vehicle if it's not even on the road. Like I don't even think you have to worry about doing that. Maybe I'm not sure about that one. We have yeah. to look into it. Well, I know um, when I was much younger, my dad was restoring an old car, and he didn't have to register that until uh, until he actually like it was done and ready to like, drive. Ah, okay. But I think once you registered it, I think you might have to. Because I remember my register lap, registration mm-hmm. lapsed, and then they charged me for the back time. Oh, sure. Okay. Even yeah. though you weren't driving the car at all? or you still I was driving, driving the car. Well, then, that, yeah. I didn't know it was. But they didn't know that. So oh, that's yeah, my point. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, they were like, oh, if you want it to be registered, you have to pay all the back mm-hmm. registration. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. Well, Which well, was only like half a year. But right, right. Well, either way. So, it was, sure, registration up in the air. But, like, as for yeah. insurance and stuff, you don't have to necessarily. Well, we're always tons of money. Like, we did the math. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say your insurance is around $100 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's $1,200. Say your gas is, you were paying, what, 50 bucks a week? I, I Roughly, yeah. So let's say for a normal person, it's 30 bucks a week. Right. That's another $120. That's, mm-hmm. what, 1400 a month or a year? Excuse me. Yeah. So that's already over you're what, two and a half grand. Yeah, $2,500 that you're just not spending money on anymore, yeah, which that's, is nice. And that's not anything about the upkeep mm-hmm. or the registration once a year. Yeah, so just that alone, you're saving probably close to, let's say, four and a half, five grand a year. Sure, yeah. All, th- all without car payments. Yeah, 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 all things considered, if you're not, yeah, obviously if you're if you're leasing or, or making payments on a car, you would still have to do that because you still own the vehicle. Well, I would just sell it if it were, if it, yeah, like, if you were going to digital. Yeah, if you were going to do that, you would yeah, then but just luckily, not. luckily, both of us are right. good. Right, right, if you, if you have the car. So that would obviously yeah. be one, but I mean, that's something that you'd have to do anyway. Um... But yes, you have that option, and as long as and, you know, as long as you have a reliable or can get to a reliable internet connection, then you're good to go. Yeah, if you're making American pay, let's say if you want to do a remote job, let's say you, the minimum you're willing to take is fifteen dollars. Sure. That will how much is that a month, probably, or how much a week you think you're pulling with that? Oh, a week, I don't know. Uh, let's say five hundred. 
We can talk this week. Sure. Let's just say five hundred for argument's sake. You can sure. make five hundred dollars a week after taxes, making about two grand a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in New Jersey, one bedroom, hard to find. Probably looking at twelve hundred. Yeah, just about. Now, if I wanted to go to another place, like the main worry is this. Let's use Seoul for instance, because I've actually been there. Right, Seoul, South Korea. Yeah. yeah. So in Seoul, the rent in proportion to how much income you have is a bit high mm-hmm. but we would be making american wages where the our value would be higher than what if i got paid over there right so that's the whole that's the good point about making overseas money while you're overseas because right. then you're making because just conversion rates money. alone your yeah. dollar goes further than yeah. it would if you were making korean dollars sure. airbnb i was looking at uh we were thinking about three months in each country uh we were look when i was looking at Seoul, i found a bunch of places for a thousand dollars a month yeah easy split between the two of us five hundred dollars a month sure yeah and that's your yeah and that's your rent and you're not worried about any sort of like upkeep costs or anything on that because it's yeah. not your place so you don't have to worry about it. you're not repairing sure. your place you're not just from not having a car alone that's almost 500 bucks a month right right because yeah. you have the insurance was a hundred dollars you have gas mm-hmm. is about 120 Same, that's like yeah. two and change that's already half of your rent yeah already so saved, not having sure. to deal with a car yeah yeah not um, to mention food's cheaper over there well right? depending on where you go so when I was there, the first meal we had was $38 each. That's like an average meal here, yeah. It, w- it was really, it was high-end. Right, right. It wasn't like super high-end, but it was decently high-end. Mm-hmm. It was like a Chinese lamb skewer barbecue place. It was really good. Okay. But then I've had other meals there where I'm going to spend like $2 for right. lunch or $3. Yeah, so if you're if you're smart about it and you're, yeah. you're, you're reasonably like restrained. Money's cheaper overall. Yeah, yeah. You are you can save yourself some money. Obviously, you don't have to go out and if eat. If you eat smart, yeah. Yeah, and, and most of the time, you're probably going to be eating like regular, yeah. you know, you like, yeah. you're not going to be eating fancy meals for every meal of the day, right? You like to drink? They got soju. It's fifty. Yeah, there you go. That's a whole bottle. Stuff is, yeah, yeah, so stuff is cheaper in general. You're also going to have lower bills, uh, and yep. then you're you're good to go. And even if you maintain... Airbnb's all included. Yeah, and okay. even if you maintain a residence uh, in your, your home country, your utility bills are going to be next to nothing because no one's there. Yeah. You know, very little electricity, very little heating. You're having to wear an air conditioning house, but you, yeah. you know, heating is, you have to keep a bare minimum of, of heat in there so your pipes don't freeze, but that's cheap. Yeah. And, but if you want to own it, if you want a place mm-hmm. in America, you always rent it out. Right. And then you can also, make more money. Yeah. And then you could also yeah. Airbnb your own place if you're going to be gone for a few months. And then you could use that to offset some costs too. So you have a lot yeah. of options for that. That's if you, if you don't own your own place, then at the very least you're still not paying rent in America. So. Right, and then you're you're not yeah. paying American rent. You're kind of bouncing around. And the only the only other issue too is just like affording a plane ticket. But there are plenty of places that you can fly that are close. Especially let's say for the sake of argument, your country of origin is America. There are plenty of places you can go. Yeah, you, um, you can for work your way over. Yeah, yeah, to wherever you want to go. Right. Like yeah. for instance, we were talking about uh, year one. We were talking because we were planning mm-hmm. on coming back to America for a little bit, maybe for like two three months out of the year. Sure. But our first trip would be to Seoul. South Korea. We would yep. stay over there for three months because you can stay for 90 days with a tourist visa. Yep. We would just chill, work from home, and do whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. And then after that, we would pick up. We would go to, say, Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, wherever we feel like going in the area. Because once you get sure. to the area, the other plane tickets are cheaper. Oh, yeah, super cheap. And, and you, you can probably fly... go to Japan, from Korea to Japan, for like 150 bucks, 200 yeah. bucks. Oh, yeah. And once you, when you get to a country like that, you can oftentimes use that country's airlines, oh, and they're course, a lot cheaper. Yeah. They have yeah. their own airlines, but for yeah. like specifically between Japan and yeah, uh, so you can end up saving. Seoul, yeah. You can end up saving more money on that stuff too because you're not taking like 
you know, the, the Delta United flight from, you know, New York to yeah. whatever you're... You're not crossing seas. Right. You're going like, a few... You're going, you're not going uh, overseas. Yeah. Right. You're going a short distance and you can take, like, local planes yeah. or, or the, you know, like, I, I'm sure every... Most other countries have, like, a national airline that functions that, you know, whatever, so... Yeah, local airlines as opposed to international That type of stuff. Flights. Exactly. So you're looking yeah. to save money a lot on that as well. Um, but still, overall, it's, it's, a, it's an idea that if it's for someone who is younger looking you know not, not worried, tied down who's not worried yeah. about being tied down or settling for anything uh it's definitely an option you know and of course there's tons of blogs that people already do it and they you know talk about their experiences and stuff because the one the one negative i guess the downside uh that i ended up was reading about from one individual was that uh after doing it for 10 years uh they got kind of lonely because this was like they were single they didn't know people where they went like yeah. sure going to countries is fun himself, yeah. but then you're like just kind of by yourself and you have to either meet locals or other people who are in your position or you're just kind of hanging out that's kind of what i want to do though mm -hmm. so i can understand after 10 years but like we'd be going together yeah yeah so if you have would, someone that you can yeah. do it with or somebody who's or at least if you know people in the area yeah, that loneliness um, can be abated for a while yeah yeah of course um and again, it's in most of the people. So we lived through COVID for two years. Right. I've saw pretty much you every day <laughs> yeah. for no one else there for the first year of COVID because we were all yep. in lockdown. Yeah, definitely. What's the difference? We're just in a foreign country. Exactly. We're still inside of a home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Still the same same kind of deal. Sure. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, there's a whole bunch of different things for it. And like what I was so surprised about is like I knew remote work existed and that plenty of people did it, but I didn't realize just like how many different options there are for remote work. Yeah. Like almost any industry that you can fit, think of has a remote, a 100% remote job that covers that industry. That's true. And that it's, true. it's crazy. Like, unless you're in a job where you have to physically show up to a place, like, then there's probably a company that does what you do remote. Um, yeah. You know, unless you're like a forklift operator, like, can't we really do that remotely? So, you know, but uh, it's just crazy to see, like, how, how far that has come. And I think with the pandemic with coronavirus, it's yeah. just gotten even bigger because people realize they were forced it. to build the infrastructure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were forced to do it. And I think a lot of businesses, because we've talked about this before when we, when we talked about like the restaurant industry and stuff, like a lot of businesses just realized a lot of things about like their industry during COVID. Oh yeah. Even ways when to, we do the COVID talks. Yeah. Mm -hmm, ways to adapt and overcome and, and stay in business. So a lot of these businesses, if you, if pre COVID you were a business and, and you didn't really have a lot of remote work or any remote work at all. And during COVID, you figured out, hey, we got to do everything remote. Now you're better set up for that. If something happens in the future, you can just have all your people remote from the beginning and say, hey, we can keep doing business as usual. Yeah. COVID doesn't matter. Everyone just stay home. We're fine. Because think about it, like if you have like a, let's say a pharmaceutical company, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you work at like Merck and you have this huge office building that people don't need to be there all the time. So you're paying for all this land mm -hmm. and property. You could save so much money by just shrinking down to like, who needs to be in there right. and the rest can work from home. Yeah, if you're if you're a pharmaceutical yeah. company, sure, like your lab people, they probably have to physically be there yeah. to do whatever they got to do. But like your accountants, your payroll people, like all your admin people yeah, could definitely do, be home. Just computer workers, like do it from yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, you're increasing people. their quality of life, yeah. decreasing your costs, mm -hmm. and that probably increases your retention rate if yeah. they're happier. And if you if you're a, a business where. Um, you have multiple shifts where you have yeah. people who need to work later. Some people need to do whatever. Uh, doing having them remote work is way easier because then that you know whoever uh, needs to work, say someone has to work overnight or has to work later in the day, now they don't have to worry about getting to the office and being there late and then driving home when they're tired. Yeah. They're already home. Not just that, but I think people underestimate the fact that you're increasing the value of that person's wages exponentially. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. let's say you work a nine to five job at a place that takes half an hour for you to get to. Right. 
let's say there's always perfect traffic. It always takes a half an hour. Sure. That's an hour of driving a day. Mm -hmm. So you say you work eight hours. Yeah. We might as well call it nine because you spend an hour in the car getting sure. to that thing. Yeah. So you're not doing anything else you want to do. So that's nine hours of work for X amount of money. Now, you don't want to go to the office half the time. So that causes stress. Right. Because like, you have to wake up earlier. You have to take care of more stuff. You have to yeah. look presentable. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to have, Some you days you're just not in the mood. Yeah, you have to have a, a separate, you know, and often yeah. in a lot of cases, you have to have a separate, like, work wardrobe. Exactly. So that, that all these things add up. Mm -hmm. Then you have the, the cars, the wear and tear, the mileage, the gas, all that stuff. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that if you have them work from home. So that's sure. kind of like what we're doing. We're like, is it going to be expensive to live somewhere else? It's more like, how much are we going to save by living somewhere else? Right. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, you're it, not going to make more money just because you chose a remote job. Right, right. But... You, if you pick the right countries and the right environments, you will spend drastically less money oh, on just living, everything. Just existing will be drastically. So lower, you're going yeah. on vacation slash work workcation, mm -hmm. essentially for free because right. it would cost you more to live in America. Right. And then you can just come back whenever. Yeah. And you have all this money stacked up. Yep. Now you can do whatever you want. You want to go buy a house. You want to get a new car. You want to have a big wedding. You want to do whatever you want to do, do yeah. that. And especially if you don't already own property in your country of origin, mm -hmm. in, you know, in this case, America, like if you do the whole digital nomad thing and you're living in another place for cheaper, you're not paying rent or anything else yeah. here back home. Why would you rent here and gain no value for it? You can right. do it somewhere else, pay less. Right, pay less and, then and come be able to save. Home. Yeah, and be able yeah. to save more money, do that for a couple of years. And then, and the other thing too is, you know, like yeah, if you're if you're looking to, to settle down, if you're married, whatever, sure, that obviously those are other things to consider. But, but we're not. This, this talk's not for you, right? But that yeah. yeah, but that's not something that, that generally you, yeah. But generally, that's not something you're considering doing if that's the the case, unless yeah. unless you have a spouse who also has a remote job and you're like, hey, let's do this together. Then that's obviously a different. Yeah, this is for singles or couples that don't want to be tied down yet. They want to see some stuff. They want to mm -hmm. go get some worldly experience, and it's yeah. just just too expensive for people that can't afford to live here. Yeah. it's not just for the people who have wanderlust. Right, right. It's for the people. Who can't afford this? Because like, yeah, you've seen the cost of like housing. Oh yeah, and it goes and it goes up every yeah. year, and especially depending on the state you live in. If you live in somewhere like New York, uh, yeah. New Jersey, California, like cost of living goes up, like, but the pay barely does. Right, you're paying so, it real yeah. different matches, sure. So as years go on, it's getting less and less viable to just rent. Right. So we decided to rent somewhere else where yeah. it is viable. Yeah. And I mean, there's also, so there's also like a downscaled version of all this, right? Yeah. Where, so technically, so we all know that like in America, for instance, the Midwest is much, much cheaper than, you know, the rest of the country. Yeah. Uh, so in theory, you could even do the same thing with True. a remote job whenever yeah. with, and you could move out to the Midwest somewhere. Now, of course, the Midwest has its own issues uh, in terms of just distance from a lot of things. So you yeah. would still need to have the car and you'd yeah. probably, you know, I, I know, um, when I was much younger, uh, a former college roommate of my mother's uh, owns a horse farm in Virginia. And uh, we went to visit her one time and it was like from her horse farm to like the middle of town was at least half an hour. Nah. You know? That's the thing. That's the one thing we're not giving up is the accessibility of stuff that we can do. Right. So that's we're what I'm saying. That would be, that, if anything, have more right. stuff to do. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like the, the downside of, of doing that, say here, is yeah, you may be saving money. Um, on like rent and, and other things, but you're, if you have to be half hour, 45 minutes away from the nearest thing in town, yeah. well then you're just kind of shifting, <laughs> you're just kind of like shifting your expenses and saying, well now if I want to go to the grocery store, I have to spend an hour of my day yeah. just traveling there and then, you know, whatever. So, uh, whereas we're, what we're saying is not only that, but everything becomes far apart. You still need a car. Right. Uh, there's not much to do. Right. And... There's not really much to 
to see either. So it's like, yeah. why would I do that when I can go to like Seoul, Tokyo? Like I could live in these other countries. Yeah, my mm-hmm. my house may not be as immaculate or as nice as what I have in America, but I can go out. And right. there's a whole city right around me. Right, right. You also get to experience something different. And plus, yeah. the other thing too is like your, again, the the idea of the whole nomad thing is you're not necessarily. I mean, it could be something you do until you retire, but it doesn't have to be. It could be something you do for five, ten years, yeah. enjoy yourself, and then save up your money and then come back to the so U.S. You, and... you could do it for six months if you wanted to. Sure. But the whole point is, you can do it as much or as little as you want. That's the good part yeah. about it. And, and the whole time you're yeah. saving money. Yeah, and you can always pick it up again later as long as you have that remote job. You can do it yeah. for a couple of months. Maybe something happens. You need to be home. You need to be back in, in your, yeah. your country origin for it. Okay, yeah, you go back and then turn around and uh, do it again. Yep. You know, uh, you know, and that that's what I think uh, at least what kind of attracted me to it was maintaining a residence and say in, in our case in America, so that you always have that home base. Oh, they're having a Halloween party. You know, oh nice. Uh, you always have somewhere to return to if True. need be. Uh, you know, because unfortunately, what we saw with coronavirus, other nations handled it very, very differently. I don't think any two nations handled it the same way. No. Um, there may be, sometimes you may need a place to be. And you, say, you know what? Hey, where are you? It's going down. Time right. to do. The country I'm in right now is not handling things very well. I need to have a reason to leave and a place to live. You know, yeah. like a citizenship somewhere uh, where you can go and, and whatever. Or depending on certain things, like I know we were talking about Korea, uh, they handle things pretty well over there. So perhaps what I've heard, I, didn't, I looked at the first wave, but I didn't really pay mm-hmm. much attention to it. Afterwards. Right. So initially, at least they handled it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but that also just brings up the point I was trying to make with it is yeah. worse comes to worse. If you're living somewhere else, you, whatever, dip. you can just dip. You can you stay. You don't have to go back to your home country. You right. can go wherever the fuck you want. Right. You can go wherever you want. Which country's handling it well? I'm going there. Exactly. You could also just make that choice uh-huh. as well. Uh, and as long as you keep the visa thing going or whatever, you're good to go. Yeah. Just save your money while you're traveling. Mm-hmm still do stuff but the cost of living is going to be cheaper generally in the areas that we'll pick so we'll be able to save a bunch of money on pretty much every aspect of our life Mm -hmm. saving close to five six grand a year from on our car yeah which five or six grand between the two of us just from neither one of us having a car Mm -hmm. that's paying for our rent for the whole year no matter where we're at yeah definitely yeah yeah Whereas here in the U.S., that would... Because like, we're splitting it, yeah. Yeah, whereas here in the U.S., and like, say, New Jersey or something, that barely covers That, like, yeah, just like about covers the year's worth of rent, yeah. 1,200 in Jersey, probably looking at, mm-hmm. what, four, five months? Yeah. Yeah, just about. And yeah. I mean, 1,200 was the low end. I mean, you could pay 1,800 or more for, uh, depending yeah. on where you go, yeah. We were looking at some pretty nice places in Seoul and Tokyo for about 1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. It's 500 each. Yeah. So that's... Huge savings. That is that whole car saving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's basically what you would be spending on maintenance in your so car. So literally, getting rid of our car mm-hmm. afforded us to live wherever, and the rest of the yeah. income is just income. It's just yeah, it's just regular on top of that. Yeah. Know? But yeah, it's gonna be as long as we if we go down that route, which we've been thinking it's about looking a lot like, lately. Yeah, it's looking very very. Yeah, it's looking things, very promising. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You guys can get a lot of interesting podcasts well, and videos. We probably start content. a YouTube channel if we do it. Yeah. Just so you can see some of the places we've been. So if you guys want to go, we can offer advice. Definitely. Yeah. I know right. I, at the very least, want to do some interactive shit. So, like, sure. if you ask us questions, we can give you answers. Definitely. And that's part of it, too, is it's a lot of it where the only the only part, like, you can read blogs and stuff, but a lot of the, the people that write about it um, usually don't talk too much about the upfront, like, 
how did they find the job they have now? What was the, you yes, know. Yes, the first 20% of the journey. Yeah, is the like. very beginning. Yeah, is setting yourself up for this, right? Because yeah. it sounds easy. Like, oh, just get this remote job and then leave the country. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah but one, you got to find a job. You got to find one that pays well. Because one thing I, I will say is. as um, Which countries, why these countries, the visa right. issues. Right, can like, you travel? How yeah. do you stay? Where do you stay at? Like, they don't go into a lot of details. Right. They're like, hey, just get a job. You can do what I do. Oh, yeah. Cool. And, and then you have to, like, buy their book to figure it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times. Making too, the book's too much shit. Yeah. We're just going to tell you what we found there out. There you go. Uh, and the other thing, the other important thing is a lot of, I've noticed a lot, at least a lot of the remote jobs that I've come across uh, will sound really great up front. And then the last like line of text will tell you like, oh yeah, by the way, this is part-time and <laughs> like contractual. It's only a year. Part-time isn't necessarily bad. If you, mm -hmm. well, contractual, the contract for a year thing is horrible. Right, right. But if you can find a part-time and have a hustle on the side, like me, mm -hmm. I, we've talked about this. You want something full-time over there. Right. I thought about doing something part-time and then cooking because you know, right. cook. So I was thinking about cooking whatever country I'm in, because that was been my dream. There you go. Joichiro Saibo from Food Wars is one of my, my anime role models. There you go. And his whole thing was he just traveled the world cooking, mm -hmm. and that's kind of something that I wanted to do. Yeah. So, like, if I could do the, like, even if it's customer support, making, like, 15 an hour, mm -hmm. enough to cover my rent and some food, and then I can make some money on the side cooking. There you go. That would be fine for me. Still still lives a dream, still accomplishes her goal. Yeah. And then when, like, I'm fucking 60, I can come back home. Well, I wouldn't come home at 60, but I could right. be sitting in a rocking chair at 60 talking about, hey, this time I cooked in Malaysia, Thailand, right. Ireland, England, and, and I feel like in uh, Aruba. Yeah, Let me yeah. tell you some stories. Right, right. And I feel like, especially just when you were talking about like the culinary industry, um, it seems to me like that worldly experience is just very valuable there. That like if you're a cook and you can say like, oh yeah, I cooked for a year over in Italy and then I went to Thailand and cooked. It's like, yeah. that's more like, uh, I guess like respect as a, as a chef you have because the God, this person has traveled the world. Yeah, but even, you know? it doesn't necessarily need to be multiple places. Mm -hmm. Even if like, we, for instance, we have a friend who did most of her training in Italy. Right. Uh, that's something that has been very good for her career. Yeah. Has led to some very good things. So like, Definitely. even just going out of the US, it doesn't matter where you go. Like, even if you just drive down to Mexico and work there for, like, six months or three months. Yeah. It's it's something to open your mind. Sure. Because, like, if you meet people that travel versus people that don't travel, obviously this is a generalization. It's not everyone. Sure, sure. Uh, I tend to find that people who travel are more open-minded and more accepting of other people's ideals and what they Nothing how they look at the yeah. world. Well, I feel like to just to travel in general, you have to have that, that mm, trait. I don't know about that. I've seen yeah. a lot of people that... There's difference between travelers and tourists. Mm, so true. tourists go places and might look at it through, like, say, as an American, if I was a tourist, I might go somewhere and look at it through the prism of an American. Sure. Whereas as a traveler, I want to go to the place and live as they live. Yeah. I want to learn about their culture so I can appreciate their culture. Right, right. That that's the the difference, and I well, think that's like uh, I think we get that you get that a lot, especially with the, with Americans. I find it's when you go to um, Central or South America. Yeah. Because um, I've been to Central America twice, and it was very easy to tell uh, when you would meet other people who were there, other Americans or whatever who yeah. were there, who the tourists were and who the travelers were. Yes. A lot of times, especially when it comes to like Central America, there's a lot of like the all inclusive resort. Yeah, those um, are the tourists. Right, where like you never have to leave because the resort has yeah. a bunch of activities for you. They're like pre-planned and there's restaurants and a beach, like a private beach for them, whatever, so you can do whatever you want. And yeah, so you don't have to experience you the never culture. Have to, but you never have to leave. But that's a, like for me, those things are made so you don't have to experience the culture. Right, you and can to just me, sit that's there weird. and never leave. That's like, like um, what's the point of going to a country half a world away mm -hmm. if you don't want to experience what's there? You just yeah. want to sit on a beach like you i can sit on a beach in jersey exactly yeah, you can yeah. go to like 
half the states in the U.S. There's some kind of beach, whether it right. be a lake or an ocean, like. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just not my thing. Well, it's like you ever see the. Um, I want to try South America one day. I've only been to yeah. Europe and Asia. Like you ever see the um, like aerial photos of like the Bahamas resorts, like the Bahamas and stuff? Yeah, I've been to the Bahamas and Bermuda. Yeah, they're absolutely massive, and they have literally everything you ever want. And you never have to leave. Yeah. Like they're. Well, that was my mom. She loved yeah. uh, cruises. Oh sure. Oh cruises. like uh, like carnival cruises yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Carnival mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the other one. Royal Caribbean or something yeah, like that. that. One. Yeah, yeah. I think we went on both. Mm-hmm. I know. I know for sure I went on carnival. Yeah. But I went on two as a kid, and that was to Bahamas and Bermuda. Yep. It was cool. There was a lot of crazy shit to do on the boat. Mm-hmm. But later on in life, like last year, me and my mom were talking about taking a trip to Italy. Because my mom's never been out of the country besides, right, right. like, the islands. Besides, like, the Caribbean trip. Yeah, she's never been to, like, she's Europe. always wanted to go to Ireland and Italy. Right, right. So I'm like, let's go to Italy. She's like, oh, why don't we take a cruise? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. Well, I know that you like those things, but if we're going to be traveling together... That's not really something I'm interested in. Right. I, too, immerse myself in the culture. Oh, some deer. Right, right. And just experience the place. If yeah. you're on a cruise ship, like, you're not... When you get off those cruise ships, it's not like you spend the night in town. You're back on that ship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, shit. bust my ass. Oh, what? Don't do that. Um, but, yeah, the cruise ships, I understand, like, you are kind of locked in yeah. to that. But even when you have the excursions, like, it's a limited time thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and not really my thing. I want, I want to totally be part of the culture. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I don't need to make it my own, but I want to experience it through their eyes and, like, see what's so great about every culture. And I mean, sure. I want to appreciate all the good stuff, as well as see the bad stuff. But. Right. Well, definitely. And that's, but that's part of the whole idea of the traveling, you know, working and traveling thing is just yeah. experiencing different cultures, seeing what other people are about. And sure, you might have to wake up at weird times because, you know, your, your company might deal in Eastern time or I whatever. I wake up at weird times. But, yeah, but again, that's something people, you can easily adjust to that, and that's not Yeah, my sleep schedule is 4 a.m. to noon right now. <laughs> there you go. Um, and even then, if you don't want to wake up at weird times, you can just pick a country that its time zone isn't that far off of your own. Yeah. And you can just pick something a little closer or whatever. That's the good part about being a digital nomad. You can go wherever the fuck you want. Right. You know, I know certain countries, uh, like in Asia and stuff, are like 12 hours ahead or whatever. You don't have to worry about that if you're really not. 12 hours is actually a really good time for us. Right. Because that means like midnight you're working, which is fine. Because right. that's not like 4 a.m. Right, right, right. You're at a, it's more reasonable time. You're also out. At, you're, you're working at night during the week when yeah. people aren't really out and about. You're sleeping in the day, which who cares because you're working. You're not... You have nowhere to be, you yeah. obligations, so... And then during the day, you can do whatever you want. Right. You can that would actually be nice. You work yeah. at, like, when it's really dark out, mm-hmm. and during the day, you just... You do whatever you want, yeah. yeah. Sleep sleep and when your work day is over. Sleep till like, sleep noon in the early morning. Yeah, there you go. And you're, yeah. there you go. So, that's definitely that's uh, plan, yeah. quite an option. But hopefully, if this goes through, we'll definitely have other, uh, other updates, uh, advice, details, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I think for the first year, we were talking about hitting up parts of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So far, we said, for sure, Seoul, South Korea, and Tokyo. Definitely. After Two that, good places. No idea. That's like Honestly, anything. we could jump around Seoul and Tokyo if we wanted to. Like, you, we still yeah. have Jeju uh, uh, Island. We have mm-hmm. Busan in, Tokyo, in uh, Japan. We still have Kyoto. Yep. We have all Yokohama. Yokohama. Yeah. There's a bunch of other areas that we can go to. Yeah, plenty of different places. And I said, as long as yeah. you have a reliable internet connection, you're good to go. We also thought about going to Vietnam and Thailand because mm-hmm. the food culture's off the hook. Yeah. Cost of living's not bad. I know, like, a, you can get a pretty nice apartment or a two-bedroom apartment in Thailand for, like, a thousand bucks. Yeah. 800, 900, something there like that. There you go. Yeah. So, but definitely, it is something for the future. Yeah, if there's anything that you guys want to hear us in regards to this topic talk about, 
free heat. Uh, feel free to hit us up. Uh, what the fuck is that email address? It's walking with the boys at gmail.com. Walking with the boys. I thought I wasn't sure if it was walking with the boys or walking with the boys podcast. Nope, it's walking, walking with the boys, boys at gmail.com. Is there anything you guys want to hear about? About at least in this situation. Sure. And we'll let you know. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, guys, for listening. If there's ever any topics you're interested in hearing us talk about, feel free to drop us a line at walkingwiththeboys at gmail.com and we'll take you into consideration. Thank you.